Hey, we're Ryan Lynn, you're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to a very special episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And this is our vacation episode number one. That's right. And we have a special guest. As you're listening to this, I'm off in the wilds of Montana. Hopefully you're not dead. I'm alive, definitely. I'm stranded on an island somewhere. It's going to be cool. You're run over by a buffalo. Moose. They have moose up there? They have moose. All right, well, we got anyway, a guest. We have a special guest. It's a friend of Phil's from Big Bear. A friend of mine from high school and, and junior high, even. Uh, this is Mr. James Schlarman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think your uh, history with me enables you to uh, pronounce that last name perhaps better than any uh, host ever could. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, welcome to the show, James. Thanks, and. Sir. So you managed to escape Big Bear, is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I have gone back to visit a few times, but uh, I have managed to catapult myself out and not gone back to live since. So, <laughs> but Big Bear wasn't that bad, right? I mean, were you like totally anti Big Bear? Or? Uh, no, no. I think I think like right. most kids, you know, when you get out initially, you're like really against it because you're like, ah, freedom, a mall, the right. whole five world away. down the Other hill, stuff. right, <laughs> right, right. And to this day, my wife still like I'll tell her, you know, stories about how when the Kmart opened and there was a line around the block and the high school <laughs> right. band played there. I mean, it was literally. I mean, and, and, and what I tell her is like anything you ever see in like the movies about small town life is what it was like. So, oh, totally. you know, but no, it wasn't. I mean, as I get older, I realized that there were a lot of advantages to living there. Just the, you know, the security and everything. And, you sure. know, it's pretty neat when you can when you can have the same group of friends or at least, you know, contacts that you that for me anyway, I started going to school there in kindergarten and didn't leave the valley until I graduated high school. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah, same here. Yeah, it's just, you know, and they do that thing at the graduation where they like stand everybody up and then have everybody sit down as they, you know, they go further yep. back. Like, okay, sit down if you were here since high since high school, since middle school, then you get back to kindergarten, and you would think there'd only be like a handful of kids, but there's usually like fifty or sixty or seventy kids that are still standing. Oh yeah, totally. You know, most of the graduating class. So it gives you a connection there that you know you'll like be at Disneyland, you know, where there's tens of thousands of people see a, <laughs> see a big bear person like ah big bear person you know right. and it's just oh. you know flatlanders you know right everybody knows what those yep. are right? i just heard that term yesterday <laughs> the other day for the first time yeah. you know i mean there's a whole nother world up there that like when if you're up there you think that's the world right like you'll appreciate this i i when i first went down to college and I can't remember what it was, but I need to fix something, and I need to get a tool. Yeah. I'm like, I was talking to my roommate. I'm like, let's go down to Riffenberg, and we'll we'll get the tool that we need. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, Riffenberg, the hardware store. Because <laughs> right. I thought that was like a chain. Right, like, right. Everyone had that. Everybody's got a Riffenberg, right? Yeah, there's Riffenberg, We'll right? go down to the like, teddy like, bear no when we're hungry about. at late at night, right? And uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Teddy, go down to the teddy bear. Yeah. So. The, yeah, exactly. You're right. It's a shorthand you have with uh, just, right. and like you said, you, you, you forget. Yeah, so. 
Yeah, definitely. No, it, it's not. It's not all bad. It's not all good. It's like anywhere else, you know. Yeah. So small town. Exactly. Easy. And it snows a lot. Yeah. <laughs> now you've got a, a cool thing going on that you've been doing as of late, and we wanted to talk to you about some specific stuff that's going on. But tell us about uh, the political garbage shoot yeah. and what that is yeah. to you. Well, so it's. Uh, it, it started as you know. I think like every every blog starts. The angry writer, uh, washed up, uh, a failed comedian. Uh, you know, just try just trying to not go crazy. You know, in the nine to five world, so squeezing out in the margins. You know, a little bit of just you know my view of things, and um, you know, I I, re- I had I, I had just stopped doing sketch comedy and stand up comedy primarily, and and was kind of confined to an office lifestyle. And at this, and right at that same time, I had picked up a book by uh, Paul Provenza and uh, Dan uh, Diamond, and uh, it's called Satiristas, and it and it's got everybody in it from you know Stephen Colbert to you know his generation all the way back to the original you know, pioneers of the form. And it was really inspiring to me, you know, to sort of put a little bit more of a point behind the, you know, the, what I was doing, you know, and it just gave me a little focus. And it it was during the, uh, it was during the 2010 midterms. So there was all that craziness going on. So it, it, it fit, it fit my slant. It fit the way I went. And it was before Facebook was messing with the algorithm too much. So I could, build up a little bit oh of my a gosh, following, yeah. you know, and, uh, and so I, and so that, and so, I, you know, I sort of made, you know, a little bit of a little, just a little bit of a, of a good following on my page, sort of just doing little op-ed, funny, sarcastic stuff. And then for some reason, I, I just kind of got burnt out after the 2012 election. And, you know, you, when you start, when you, when you're just kind of ranting your opinions and also trying to get some laughs in there too, you know, you, it can be sort of depressing. I sort of get how, like, I had only been doing it for like four years at that point, and I was ready to quit. So I can get why how John Stewart <laughs> can, can see do why- it in such a much better form and for much longer, and be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm tapped out. You know. Yeah, oh, both yeah. of those guys seem pretty burnt out, oh and they're, well, ready. they're doing it like how many times a week? Yeah, like, every day. Nuts. Right, right. And then all the other stuff that they do. Right, and and it's depressing because it's all cyclical. You know, you start to realize yeah. that the fights, the fights we're the having today stuff. are the same fights they were having fifty years ago, literally. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, and so you just start to feel like, okay, well, so this is all pointless, and we could be doing a lot more fun stuff, like you know, doing what they did in Star Trek. You know what I mean? I just wish I could move everybody <laughs> to the Gene Roddenberry path now. You know, but uh, but so I was just starting to get burnt out, and I was like. You know what? I, I, I miss that sketch comedy aspect of it. And I just, I was like, well, I can't really do sketches in this format. But I just started to just write straight satire. Um, and, and I always joke that satire is dead because, you know, I can't, I, I, one thing I hate is the, you know, the satire warning, the satire tag that you have to give everything now. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, I don't know about you, Phil. You but shouldn't have it, to do that. No, like, it would, uh, in our small town mountain, you know, learning education we got in English class. The whole point of satire is it's supposed to lure you in. You're supposed to right. not know, right? So I hate the the satire tag, right? I and even though I still you know clearly define it on the page, so I started. I just started doing satire, writing fake stories, as I like to say, and uh, and so I could sort of write these little mini. You know, six hundred to nine hundred word sketches. Get that quick little little thought out. I could I could get more done, and it was just kind of more fulfilling from a comedic level. And um, and I wrote I wrote a piece uh, where where the where it leads up to this whole Snopes thing was I I wrote a piece 
uh, in May that went viral when the comedian D.L. Hughley shared it from his Facebook page. He's got like over a million followers. So, mm-hmm, right. you know, even when, when they when they throttle his his uh, his following, he still hits probably still- tens of thousands. Right. Yeah. Right. So so I wrote a, I wrote a piece. It was when uh, Indiana and Texas, or Indiana and oh gosh, I can't remember. There were two states that both had these crazy, you know, anti LGBT laws at the same time, and and for some reason Texas had stayed out of the headlines for their crazy stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So I just wrote a piece basically saying Indiana and this other state were in a con- were were bumming out Texas that they were beating them in the uh, biggest jerk state. You know, I might have I might have <laughs> used a word stronger than jerk, but you know, whatever. But basically. <laughs> D.L. Hubley loved it, right? Oh, it was, uh, maybe it was uh, Maryland. I can't remember. But it was just right at the same time. You know, it was like two stories that you figured would come out of Texas came out of two different states. So the whole thrust of it was that Texas was bummed out that they were losing, so they were going to start being even more crazy. So D.L. Hubley loved it. He shared it. It, it and it it sort of just kind of bubbled me up to the top, and I, fir- and I got the first taste of what it's like when something kind of goes viral, and for like days and days people kept hitting it. And so I was like, well, that's cool. Um, and every day when I when I write a piece, I'll, I'll share it on the Daily Show's board because people go to that board and so they see it. It's just one of those things you learn uh, guerrilla publishing, I guess, how to like right. like advertise without pen- paying money, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And and so then so uh, I don't know, jump cut, whatever. To uh, to the next month or just a couple weeks later, all the floods in Texas started happening. And I just got the idea. I don't know. I get a lot of my stupid ideas just as I'm waking up, as I'm getting into the shower. As I as like, you know, what? best time. That's my best. Yeah, thing right. Well. As I, I I heard I heard at one point that George Lucas came up with like a lot of the 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 good stuff in Star Wars in the shower. You know, it's like in the shower or on the toilet. Well, no, the, the prequels were in the toilet. We're obviously on the toilet. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, but I can I can imagine the shower. Midi chlorine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly midi chlorine. Oh god. Oh. Uh, oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I have a sycophantic <laughs> obsession with dogging the prequels. Like I, oh, this is half our show. Oh, yeah, well, we've by, done that well, I got don't, on a regular don't basis. Don't get us started, or you'll be here for a while. No, listen, listen. Just on a quick side note, and then we'll get back to the snow story. But on a quick side note, I learned a very early uh, parenting lesson early on with my first son when I when I set a precedent that you cannot watch the the prequels. You have to only Phil's watch doing the same thing. No, but here's the thing. It's it's like any it's like any other it's like anything else. If you hide it away from your kids, they'll be like, oh well I need to have it on find it. Right. Yep. I called it yucky Star Wars. I even called it yucky Star Wars. <laughs> he was obsessed with it. He'd go over to people's houses and he'd tell them I can't watch it. But then he he was dying to watch it, dying to watch oh, it, dying to watch it. Maybe you should just show They're it now to his well, favorites. Is, They're now his favorites. This- Oh. This is what I, I said. Is that's, that well? No, yeah, he's, that he now, he's at nine. He now thinks Empire's the best. I finally got okay, him to the okay. light side. Came around, know. but you can't have the. That's well, no. See, the way I said I'm approaching it, it's kind of like how I want to approach talking about sex with my kids. Like, <laughs> I, I want to avoid it as long as possible, but I want them to hear it from me first, and not the kids on the playground. <laughs> that's so, true. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'll, I'll get because I feel like uh, if you, know, you present it just in like a sex, if you hide it from them, they're they're going to go over to their friends' house. They're going to see it. They're going to have all this bad information and they're going to think Have you heard about midi chlorians yet? Have you heard about midi chlorians yet? And and (laughs) like, and I feel like if you present them on their own. Your son is a smart enough kid. He's going to be like, these are horrible. I never have to watch this again. Yeah. And, 
you know. Yeah, I sort of made it, I made hope. it better in his mind. I think, like I said, now he's good, and and my youngest is whatever. But yeah, I just I learned an early lesson there. <laughs> Speaking of the prequels, well, I have a, a slight advantage in that my son is named Luke, ah. so he's got a little uh, well, predisposition for the original. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so the, the Texas floods are happening. I'm getting in the shower, and I think you know this, and I just have this funny thought. I'm like, you know, this must really bum uh, Pat Robertson out that he can't blame it on the gays. <laughs> and, and I don't know why I was like, but you know what? He's gonna have to say that on my site now. <laughs> so I love, I love, you know, I um, I love being able to lampoon people that are, you know, listen. I I left the faith. I will be. I will come right out. I am a very just open atheist. I left the faith. I'm I'm done with that side of of my life. Except that the irony is my my hell bent left wing political slant is absolutely framed by the tenets of that faith. You know what I mean? Like, it, that whole <laughs> no, universal you. love, taking care of the sick, the lowest among you are to be treated, like, the highest among you, right? So, like, so it's really funny to me that, like, all the dogma, all that stuff that I've just sort of, you know, it's, it's just as it, it does, I have no need for it anymore, but... But the but the uh, the good stuff that I really like about it, I've it totally forms what I became, and now I sort of use that to bash the charlatans, you know, because yeah. the yeah. televangelists. Because I remember be, being even being in the faith; those were the biggest embarrassments. Those oh, are yeah, the people. Totally. Who, right. Those are the people who are like, "Uh huh, please shut up." You know, you yeah, don't represent talking. us, right? Right? You, they're just these scared old men, you know, and they're and they just. So anyway, so I just I just had this so I just wrote this thing where he's like he's really he's confused and sad because he doesn't know who to blame it on, but he says essentially, you know, like just give me a few days and I'll figure out how to blame the gays. <laughs> I know they're responsible somehow. Right. And and, and and listen, like I've heard people talk about like when they like when they record a, a great hit song like we knew we had something special or when they like <laughs> when they when they made like they knew that. I I I just I was like this is another 600 700 word just like ha 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 you know, kind of moment that I get to put, but so so I publish it. I, I make my little my little um, Photoshop of the of the picture of him all sad in front of the flood, and I <laughs> I know that's a big part of what I do. Like I've sort of the way I've sort of become to see myself as sort of like the political mad magazine, the online political mad magazine. <laughs> you know, because I was also Which I still subscribe to to this day. Right? So. It, oh, dude, mad and cracked. I mean, ironically, cracked has become like. Superior to oh, Matt yeah. in the online well, format. Cracked is like you know? taken over the internet, but it's right. a totally. It became something completely right. Right. It was always it was always the junior Mad magazine. Like I liked it for yeah. certain things, but Mad just was so slick, you know. But they right. but they had that like they had that sort of sometimes Cracked was like a little bit more ruthless. Yes, in what they did. Yes, yeah. which probably it was like because it was less polished. Yes, less people were reading yes. it, yes, so yes, they yes. knew they could get away with more. Absolutely, absolutely. That is that is so true. So maybe I'm a little bit more like Cracked then. <laughs> I don't know. But, but you are the Cracked to the if 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 on, if the Onion is Mad Magazine, you're, you're cracked. cracked. Maybe I yeah. Do, I would to be even in I mean, that. Hey, breath, to be even. I'd in love that to breath. be honestly the Cracked to Onions Mad Magazine. Honestly, what, what I've always hoped is that the Onion would just swallow me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I would much rather work for them. But honestly, I don't think I'm that good. Like there to this day, I, I you know I follow them on Instagram. I follow them on Facebook. I make sure that anything they put up, I see. And it's mm-hmm. just they 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 come up with headlines that even I go, oh, yeah. oh my god, why did I not think of that? <laughs> that is the best way to frame that. And they and they cut to the quick. They really do. You know, they're yeah, they, so unafraid. 
so unafraid. And well, you, you don't do yourself justice, though, because I've read your stuff, and, and no, thanks, I think you'd, you'd be right at home no, there. No, thanks, like, Phil. You, you know. Thank you. No, I, re- I really... That's my stuff. one reason. That's the one thing I miss about living in Madison was um, the Onion had, like, a major presence in Madison, yeah. and we... You could get the actual. You could get the actual paper. Oh, I miss the imagine? physical paper. Yeah. Well, kid, do they still do like an like a subscription? Can you get that mailed to you still? I think you can, but it's kind of expensive. Yeah. Right. And then you're kind of like, well, I just want to get it on digital form because you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it was but just it, nice it being able to right. go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like because it's like at every Mad coffee magazine. shop, every because yeah. you know you got the readers and like yeah. that kind of junk. But you always you also always had the onion. Yeah. Cool. So I knew I'd never be bored. We're like, probably that last generation to even like probably value that like as like yeah, a real yeah, you know because I would imagine like you know my niece and nephew that are graduating high school right I now. I got it on like, my phone. What right. do I need this? Well, like well, I told my niece like she can borrow the. Oh, can you hear me? Did you lose me? Uh oh. Did you no, lose gotcha. me? You're good. You're good. Okay. I got a buzz. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I told her she could. We were just all talking about The Little Mermaid. She's like, Oh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I was like, You can borrow the Blu ray if you want. She's like, No, I'll just torrent it. I'm like, Oh, all right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Laws don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's all. Even though Blu ray won, I don't think that that's, I, I, that's it. They're done. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all stuff. over. Yeah. That's I don't. Over. I, the only things I ever buy now are just things that I truly believe in. You know, things are like, I have to just own it because I'm just yeah. that guy. Yeah. You know, like when you really, if it's it's something you really want to support yes. or it's something that like, right. It's, right you cherish it yeah. you're like i want that to be an heirloom yeah. almost and you, is that like a digital heirloom you know but everything else like i yeah i purged everything <laughs> phil's still holding on i got i don't buy new stuff but i have my yeah, but you still have your like thousands oh i still yeah oh, i still have my dvds and stuff yeah i'll never get rid of them yeah. but yeah i would say probably most of them are available digitally for free now at this point it right. feels like but and if it is, I'm not going to pull the disc off the shelf. I'm just going to go on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. All right. So anyway, sorry. I keep, I know I keep pulling us off the Snopes story. I'm sorry. I know it's <laughs> the whole reason you guys wanted to talk to me. It's just like that's no. That's how our show goes. My brain gets our tangents are legendary. Yeah, we so. <laughs> we actually. I want to actually make a game of like some of our epic tangents and have somebody have to try and figure out how we got from <laughs> point, point A to B. point oh, B because yeah. if you try and decipher it's yeah. it's almost impossible. Yep. Yeah. Well that well that's and I think the podcast form just like you know just talking about you know I don't know. Yeah. You know, I I I was in a I was in a rock band for a while that that you know we we toured we had a manager we you know we were on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff, oh, wow. but nobody nobody will have or ever heard of us. And because we we came in in that late '90s or early 2000 period where the unsigned bands didn't know how to leverage the internet, you know what I yeah. mean? And and, yep. and my trust comedy, me, I was screaming at all my friends' bands yeah. during that time yeah, period. I'm like, MP3s, yeah. this is it, yeah. this is it. And yeah. I remember Phil the whole way was like, No, what yeah. are you talking well, about? Because because you're dyed in the wool to like want to do it the old way because that's you know yeah. how your heroes did it, and that's also what the industry wants you to do because the industry is so resistant to change. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, we were yeah. just talking about that because yeah. I was talking to I, my favorite. I, I was talking to Phil, my current beef with the music industry is that they've somehow managed to they're such geniuses at what they do that they've somehow turned Spotify, which is a medium, into the bad guy right. to just put attention away from themselves. Yeah. Oh absolutely. And that that bothers me to no end. Right. I'm like, they're the ones taking all the money. Spotify's right. paying somebody. Right. They're just not like if you're an artist and you're not getting paid don't get mad at Spotify. Get no, mad get at mad people. at your representation. Get get mad at your at 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 at, at, at the whole system because the whole system is rigged how against genius you. The system is right. 
They can spin it. Right. Yep. Well, that's the over-corporatization yeah. of, of, of everything that's beautiful in the everything. world, right? <laughs> and the fact that now we're down to what? Like four companies that right. control but the, all but, media? And that's why net neutrality is so important because the internet yes. democratizes everything. Like I, I kind of feel like... You know, like like the internet has sort of reduced how, like how big and rich and famous certain people can get, but you can carve out a niche for yourself and find an audience. I mean, there are yeah, YouTubers right. that make six figures for God's oh, sake. Oh yeah, you know well, that's yeah. that's my favorite quote. Is I'm pretty sure it was David Byrne because in his big old book that he wrote was he was he said that there's not going to be as many like millionaires out of the music business or pretty much anything for that matter. Right. But a lot more people can make a living. Doing right. It. And that's much better. And because we don't live and, in a society and, where you get to have the government fund it for you anymore. You know, Kings and Queens right. are like, you know, giving you money to write a song for them. <laughs> but that whole idea right. upsets. <laughs> that's still that very upsetting to the establishment. Yes. And they're fighting all they can right. to prevent that. But right. Once we all get over it, the world's going to be a better place. Right. Well, that's what's cool about crowdfunding. You know, that's what's cool about the Internet in general. You know, I've, you know, if and and I don't blame Facebook for doing it, you know, because, listen, they have a pipeline into people's news feeds. And let's face it. Yeah. You know, I have I have I think at this point I'm almost at twenty seven thousand Facebook fans, which is it's really cool. It really is. And, And very honestly, I have started pumping money into it. And it is true. They will open up your scope and they will they will. So what is so as as my as my it bothers me so much, but I get it. Yeah. I get how but listen, you know, but listen, I, and I think it did pit, play into the Snopes a little bit because it sort of put us on enough people's radars. Because yeah. what happened is, you know, I, you know how I was saying that people were like, you know, they'll say like, oh, I did this and I knew it was going to be special. I had no idea, but when I knew it yeah. was going to be, holy cow, was when I I shared it to the Daily Show wall, and within like you know. Yeah, the the Indiana story, the DL Hughley story, made me have to like bump up my hosting fees. I had to go from like the, their cheapest rate to like the, my own server because it was crashing it. So that's how my yeah. that's the the first time that I knew what it was like to have something just you know just go viral, right? And then yeah. and then when I, when the Daily Show when I when I shared the Robertson piece the the Robertson piece on the Daily Show wall, within probably five or ten minutes, there had already been like. 15 or 20 shares just from that just from that post which never happens which means that 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 enough people saw that and 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 it immediately grabbed people and it just and and very and honestly i mean listen i i you know i i can i i don't hide it of course it's fake news like i i don't right. you know i don't try to hide that fact i'm not stephen colbert because i'm not that good you know i don't play a character right. i i create characters and then i lampoon um real life people so when i so when i saw that 20 or 30 had shared had shared it in 10 or 15 minutes i was like oh okay that's never happened before and then in an hour when it had gotten to over 200 i was like oh my god this is this is not anything i've ever seen before <laughs> and all of a sudden my page view stats are going to where i'm averaging something like two or three thousand views a minute and I'm like, holy crap! Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when you and and when you start to think about that in terms of what it would have been like in the in days of just the printing press, and you're like, that's like that's like something getting 
you know, selling 3,000 copies a minute, basically. 3,000 eyeballs are mm-hmm. looking right, at that. Right, Because, right. you know, like, I, I, people are always like, oh, your web stats, you're just hitting refresh on it. You're like, guys, this isn't 1994 and AOL. Like, you know, Google's smart. <laughs> they, they, they know how to pipe that out, and I don't count my own IP address, dummies. So, so you know, <laughs> whatever. That's just dealing with trolls on the internet. You just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> trolls are trolls are the hacker, or, or are the, not the hackers, the, uh, the hecklers of the uh, internet, the online world. <laughs> but anyway, so so like it hit to two hundred in an hour, and I'm like, oh my god, it's just it's it's going nuts, it's going nuts, it's going nuts. It broke like my previous record was like forty nine thousand views in a day. You know, I, I make no comps. I'm sure there are sites, and I know there are sites out there that have that have way bigger page views than that. But for this little independent political blog, you know, satire blog that's just got a you know few thousand fans or whatever, this this is definitely something that is starting to like sort of make, you know, little internet internet tremors happen, you know. Oh sure. Yeah. Um and and so it 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 doubled my record. It 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 ended up finishing the day at just under 90,000 views. Um which it to me is just flabbergasting to think about, you know. <laughs> I grew up in a town with I I'm, Phil, I can't do math. <laughs> I don't know. It was something like twenty thousand, maybe. Maybe something like, like that. Like, but no, like full time residents. I think it was maybe. Well, like yeah, half less that. than that because yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Right. So yeah, because your high school was like small. my graduating class was like one hundred and forty. I think. Yeah. 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 Ours was small. Ours was probably a little bit less than that, but just right around there. So. So I'm just flabbergasted by it, you know, and and I know that, like, again, I know the major media guys are are getting page views like that, like every hour. So, you know, I don't go around strutting my stuff. So it's like whatever. But still, like, just for some, you know, for you, I mean, you're just a guy making a site on a, you know. Right. I'd be pleased with that. I I had had, listen, I had had, you know, I I had written for like a little Yahoo outlet and I had gotten to interview some cool people like Simon Pegg and like all this cool stuff. And like, you know, I'd gotten these little tastes of what what it's like to have some success like you know doing something creative mm-hmm. you know and having people recognize it or whatever but yeah this is definitely and and again like during the 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 2012 election and everything like you know my stuff got widely shared you know like it, i definitely had like an established little niche presence you know i certainly have seen enough uh hate mail and um you know <laughs> fat jokes on message boards um that's how you know you're doing your job well right exactly oh exactly that 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 and seeing the shares where people just believe that it's true <laughs> so <laughs> that to yeah, me is the best. the best yeah oh yeah no so so the next day the next day after that eighty thousand view um i i i i saw you know wordpress lets you see how people get to your site and I saw a direct referral from Snopes, uh, or like five <laughs> oh, or man. six direct referrals from Snopes. And for us, for I, I, I can't speak for everybody who writes satire. I have no idea. But for me, as a satire writer, the greatest feeling in the world is that some poor fact checker at Snopes actually <laughs> had to read my drivel and yeah. and actually had to fact check it and tell people, no, this isn't true. Because what that means is that it, it, it registered enough. I mean, Snopes is like the nonpartisan, you know, you know, they're the ones that you can you can send your, oh, yeah, your mom the, and your dad and your grandma. No, guys, it's not. I true. do it almost right. every day. Right. Almost the FEMA camps day. are not open yet. Don't worry. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like just it's like it's, I, I tweeted the other day. I wish that 
Facebook included something in their algorithm mm. that would automatically run everything Buy through Snopes. Snopes. <laughs> but then if that happened, my wall would just be cat pictures and people's babies. <laughs> well, yeah, and my and my and my stuff would dry up. <laughs> but right. well, actually, no. But what I what what I think happens is like I always feel like the way I buoy myself is you know you look at who shares it. And you read yeah. the comments, and you definitely see a lot of people believing it's real, and that makes you feel sad, or at least makes me feel sad. It makes me want to not do it because I'm like, oh god, I'm like, I'm, and even people who you know think like I do and stuff, I'm like, oh god, like they don't realize I'm making this up, and and I know that part of it is that for a long time I just did op eds, so I'm kind of sneaky mm-hmm. that way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But but I but I'm very, I mean, I leave bread, I leave what I call breadcrumbs. You know, like I like to gradually ramp it up so that if but if you haven't figured it out by the time, you know, because Pat Robertson was dropping F-bombs in my piece, you know, so I sort of feel like I sort of feel like if people thought that was true. The, I don't know that they sort of deserve. They kind of deserve. Right. It's true. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. So Snopes, you know, I just looked because I, I wanted to look at the link today just to see, you know, I left a comment on there because the only thing that bothered me is that in the in the write up, it said that there's no clear you know, flag on the site that says it's satire. And I'm like, no, it, it says it right in my about the author. It says that it's a left-leaning political satire and commentary blog. And there's a reason that I always put satire first because I'm a comedian first, you know? So I wanted to right. always make it be about comedy and satire first. It's just, I've, you know, finally just turned the page to just say, look, this is what I'm doing with the project. Cause this is what I like doing. And clearly after Snopes and, you know, the Hughley shared piece and everything else, it just sort of kind of, like, made me realize, okay, like, this is something that, like, I'm, you know, I, I'm able to uh, sort of register a little bit of an impact on. And it, and, and it's and it's just, um, it's fun. It's really fun, you know. And it's not paying bills by any stretch of the imagination or anything, but it's right. just so neat to, like, you know, be able to escape the 9-to-5 world on the margins, you know. It's like, while I'm at work, I'm working, but while I'm, you know, sort of, out you know off the clock i'm i'm able to mm-hmm. sort of create this like i said this little online magazine that you know my whole life i i've been poking fun at, at authority figures i don't know if phil can verify that or not yeah <laughs> <laughs> even when i was in the church i was sort of you know i was the kid you know just I just never, like, I never took authority to mean anything just because they said it was, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but I sort of feel like that's just me seeing through all the BS. That's how I looked at it. Absolutely. I'm like, I, I, yeah. we were, I was just, I just went on a whole rant on my podcast about how I'm borderline unemployable because of my problems with authority. <laughs> I, I get, I do, because I, like, I, like you said, I, I don't. I don't I'm not, if somebody just says to me to do something and I don't respect them right. or they're full of crap right like I'm just sure. going to be like who are you and why right. should I listen right. to you and right and I've been and I sometimes it gets me into trouble yeah, yeah. And, and I and I've been that way my whole life I was always the kid getting uh thrown out of of class for just you yeah. know, pulling focus, really, you know, to borrow right. an industry term. I was just pulling focus, you know, the teacher. And now looking back on it, if my if my kid was doing it, listen, I would tell my kid, listen, you got to stop because you're, you're there. <laughs> there would be consequences. But at some yeah. point, I told the so teacher, many I told the teacher, like, well, you realize you're still like 20 years older than this kid, right? Like you can you can still command a classroom, you know, and, and the key is. The key is you don't try to rip the the spotlight away. You just shine it for like two seconds and say, "Okay, you're done," and then you move on. <laughs> you know, the greatest teacher I ever had was Kathy Walters. 
because she figured me out and she told me she figured me out and as soon as she figured me out everybody was happy right so right. so like that's sort of been like my philosophy my whole life is just poking people in the eye that deserved it like i i got sent home in ninth grade for an underground quote underground newspaper that was really just five copies of something that i think it was like microsoft publisher or something that i printed on like the laser the, the bubble oh jet printer right? right and there were so many and it was because there were so many f-bombs and i and i think there was like a teacher that i might have called an f or something i don't know you know listen it was definitely <laughs> crass and bad and all that stuff but i got sent home from high school for one day for that, you know, like and and that, by the way, that original copy is printed and framed on my wall, you know, because like, is it really? yeah, no, I wear it as a badge of honor because it's That's like awesome. I've That's always awesome. sort because I sort of feel like that was like the like it, it's terrible. I will never share the content of it with anybody because it's it's horrible. It was written by a fourteen year old in a small town that felt you know trapped and all that other good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and was bloviating and trying to make himself feel bigger than he was and all that good stuff, but. Yeah, I still see the seeds of it. You know, I still see that anti-authoritarian streak. And so I and now you jump cut to like 20 years later um, and you realize like, OK, so now I can aim it at the people who deserve it, like the politicians, you know, the the Pat Robertsons right. and the politicians of the world that are like, you know, it's it's so clear that that they're just full of it, you know, and yet they're so entrenched that they're the ones in power. You know, and and so right. you know, it feels good. Like I am literally blocked from almost every right wing conservative Republicans Facebook page. <laughs> uh, Daryl Issa was one of the first ones to block me, and he's my congressman, by the way, from my oh, district. He was, yeah, he was my. I lived in San Diego too, yeah. and that guy's the biggest. I, I'm not, that guy's the biggest jackass. Yeah, yeah, like ever. Oh he's, no, he's always he's, horrible. And he's if, the worst. And if you know his history, there it's weird. It's weird. He's it a goes weird guy. forever. And like yeah. I, I knew his kids and. Oh. Like I went to my brother and I went to school with kids oh, and they're man. assholes. <laughs> like I'm so... yeah, no, there's no other way. There are some people that earn that moniker and and and, he's and one then because yeah, San Diego has some corrupt politicians. Yeah, on either side. Um, when I was yeah. younger, yeah, uh, Randy Duke Cunningham. Oh yeah, oh that yeah, guy of course. was. I mean, he's in yeah. jail now. I think. Yeah. I want I listen. So. They're listen. They're all corrupt. Um, you know, like I left. I left the Democratic Party last year because I got tired of getting you know emails twenty five thirty emails a day asking for money from me it's like oh, yeah. that's so crass i'm like i don't i that is so against what the whole thing was supposed to be about you know so so i i try to gear my website i i try to gear it at either i'm the butt of the joke or or the people that deserve it are the butts of the joke right. you know it's definitely and that's it, pat robertson is definitely in that position right so. right so it feels good and i feel like if it hits snopes god i, I know i'll never know because he'll never admit it, and there it would never leak out. But I would just hope that somewhere, somehow, somebody passed that to him under his nose. Someone read it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He had that because you know he has that lady that like reads the letters to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't watch it much, but you know, when I catch little clips of him being an idiot, there's yeah. tons of clips of him being. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, exactly. exactly. What if he? What if she reads that to him one of these days? That'd be pretty cool. It would be great. It would be great. So it just you know. Uh, who knows if that is now going to be like you know what's what's the line from High Fidelity? Some some bands never get open get over when they open for Nirvana, you know. So I never, right. I don't know if that'll be my if my Snope story will be what I tell my grandkids. <laughs> but you know, I feel yeah, I feel like it's at least affirmation that like I can write something that can. You know, it'd be close enough to reality to where, you know, and that's probably the biggest compliment yeah. I get is not, oh, this is great. It's when people say, this is great because it 
it's it's too close to reality, you know. It's too it's well, too like close you to said, reality. The way I mean that one in particular, you know, it it ramps up and it gets a little more ridiculous. So that if you're paying attention, you can tell at the end. Yeah, it's listen, not real, and, but the stuff he says is close enough to what he would say in real life. If you read it back to him, he wouldn't doubt that he said. Well, that. and what I do, and and you know, like no, nothing, nothing's better about de- uh, for comedy than deconstructing it. But so I don't want to like just you know, oh, here's what I do, here's my formula. Right. But like what I like, but you know, definitely one of the things that I do, um, and and it's something that I learned. I forget whose English class it was in, but we were studying satire because that's something you learn in English class. This is another thing right. that I'm blown away by that we need satire tags because I'm like, really, don't we at least all get the idea of what it is you know like didn't i thought i thought don't don't you have to read common sense like in school or at least you're taught about it yeah like i remember reading that multiple times i think we read it both in history and in well i mean even not not the uh common sense notwithstanding how about just uh anything by twain you know yeah and like all that stuff and and then and then especially like in our Culture like with the Daily Show, the Daily Show weekend update on SNL has been around now for forty years. Such a huge part of our culture. I'm just like, how can people not understand this? Yeah, I don't get it. No, I I mean, but then, but then, anytime I think that maybe it's we are improving, I'll just somebody showed me just a couple weeks ago a blog where all it is is people's responses to onion articles oh god and it that's like made great. me want to cry it made me want to cry <laughs> my favorite thing is to scroll to the bottom and read the comments oh of course <laughs> come on of that's course the best part. yeah oh yeah 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 and what what's great is that is is like the really wacky ones get a lot of likes because you know that's all the people that that are in on it and those likes are like the right. most <laughs> ironic sarcastic like <laughs> raspberry in your face kind of likes yep. you know so it's interesting. I mean, yeah. my wife and I talk about like the internet culture and and whether or not it has made people more or less rude or more or less blah blah blah. You know, the anon- the anonymity behind a keyboard. But I sort of feel mm. like social media is sort of like just an social amplification of, of, of being at a bar, it. though. Really, you know, or just you know, in a group mm-hmm. where people have always congregated, they shout at each other when they disagree with each other. You know, and and here in America, we just yell at each other and call the other person the worst names possible. <laughs> And then, and then two days later, when you realize that you're really mad at the bank because they're making you pay all this interest and blah 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 blah, and then you realize, okay, so I'm not really mad at that guy. And then you let them, you let them get over on the freeway, you know, like even even if you if you knew if they if they had a bumper sticker on their car though, you might not. But then you still let them over because oh. you just get through, you know. So bumper stickers. <laughs> uh oh, did I touch off on another one? That's <laughs> uh, just kind of bothers me well you know i just I, dumb bumper stickers yeah. bother me and then when like the worst is when you get cut off by a jesus face uh, and i'm just like <laughs> oh yeah oh so god many things yeah. i want to do right now yeah. oh yeah oh yeah 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 well it always seems like like those are the ones those in the and the notw stickers are the ones that always are the ones that cut you off you're like what are you doing shouldn't you be like leisurely like enjoying all that god gave you right now why are you cutting me off so, i don't know i feel like the notw is like the bro version of the jesus uh, <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know like, i grew up like you know my my family was yeah and again like i i am gone i'm gone hey i when i grew up i had it i had the dude i'm not i'm 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 guilty because I had the Darwin fish eating the no the Jesus fish eating the Darwin fish. That's how hardcore I was. I had my straight edge sticker. Well, I was all about just like anybody. Who, yeah, anybody who I'm grew better. up in the church in that time period when when the Reagan eighties came about was 
was flooded with this because that's how they got their their power structure reorganized you know it was around the religious right you know so even if you weren't going to a church where like the political message was heavily in there the media the christian media was bombarding you with it you know all over the place and 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 that's where like the whole war on evolution from that side came and and i just you know i just i cannot be get with anything that like denies you know fact you know when when you start denying fact i've got to back out I've just got to back out, you know, and, 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 and that's, you know, was sort of like the impetus for it all starting. But, you know, I, I also, but on the same token, I always have never wanted to be one of those atheists that just pun- yeah. punishes religious people for just for being religious. Because again, I grew up in it and I get that and I get what it's about when it's good, you know, yeah. what ruins it well, are the, what ruins it the people that the... ruin anything. It's when they do it for the yeah. money, for the personal gain. Yeah. And and I feel like there's that exists on all sides, yep. and it's just as bad. Right. And that's what I try, because like I I, I I I try so hard. I want people to know that like we can we don't have to all just be like extreme and crazy. Right. 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 Like and 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 there and and it's not just. These people are these people. There are crazy people everywhere, and yeah. we all just need to chill out. Right. Well, I mean, especially and you know, like just following politics, like I've had to for the last five years. Like it, you know, your when, brain. when you start following international politics, and you start realizing that, you know, it's just it's it's a mess. It's a mess everywhere you go, and there's so many there's yeah. so much that we could be doing to be helping people everywhere in the world that are you know really just suffering you know and yeah like horribly like in ways that we can't even fathom. right right and and you add on top of it you know the knock 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 of mother earth constantly like guys like really like i'm kind of upset right now you know like no matter what however you fall on how we solve the problem it's time to stop pretending that it's not happening right because the the weather is not the climate however We've all seen such drastic weather pattern changes that we got to look at, like, what causes and solutions might be. You know, like, I just I can't believe we've gotten to the point where we can't even we can't even get to the point of arguing what the solutions are. We're still arguing about whether we have to find a solution. You know, that's the stuff that I think eventually will make me stop covering politics. (laughs) (laughs) I was just having this conversation last night with a friend, Jeff, actually. It's funny because, you know, I you know me and I grew up in the church and. I still, I still am, I still identify myself as a Christian, but I'm, I have become very disillusioned with the institution of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I still go to church and try to make the best of it, but I'm very, uh, I'm very frustrated with the people that represent what I believe or supposedly represent what I believe yeah. to the public, you know. Yeah. And um, one of the things we're talking about is just that I think because we're we're talking about environmental issues and why why are Christians so like afraid of that? Why are we like so against? Yeah. Why why are like. Well, it just—it always boggles my mind that it became so partisan, right? Like, why would that be yeah. offensive to someone? Because if you believe that God created the earth for us, why wouldn't you want to take care of it? Right? And isn't and there aren't there verses where they great... tell you to take care, or where oh, yeah. He tells yeah, you? Yeah, there are. It's like it's very yeah. like stewardship of the earth right. is very biblical. Right. But Jeff had this really cool like idea is that that you know because churches have focused so much on like the end times and things are so bad and stuff yeah. they don't care we get this mentality that well why should i take care of the earth it's gonna all you right. know be blown up Absolutely. anyway you know? right. and i think that's what's happening that's a big factor right. in a lot of the way they operate about a lot of right. things and that's yes. a huge problem yeah. like, that's really embarrassing that i mean that's the mentality yeah um i don't want to get too crazy here but i still think half of the 
half of the of the church and the extreme um, Republicans' interest in Israel has nothing to do. They don't care about the people there. They don't care about. It has to do with end times theology. <laughs> right, yeah, I don't. Listen, listen, I don't know is, if it's half. That is really. Yeah, that's really crazy. Yeah, listen, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's half. Although, I mean, really, that 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 might be. I'm not saying half. No, 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 no. It might good, be. It might be. Chunk. There's certainly a strong strain of it. Because where I've it's, straight absolutely. up confronted. Yeah. Like I've asked politician, like some politicians, like why do you operate this way? And like, well, because it's gonna Israel plays a major part in the Book of Revelation. I'm like, seriously, right? right. Are you being serious right, right now? Right. Like, polit- like decisions how- that affect right are are based on your interpretation right. of like that is nuts. Yeah. No matter. I mean, even to and this was when I was I was at the time I was going to Bible college. I was right, but I'm. But like that extra step to me is like where, and then and then and then, but also on all sides again. Like you're talking about atheism and like firm and like it's because it, like as soon as you get because when you get like these super militant atheists that are like actively going, I'm like you are doing exactly what they're doing. So like I don't understand. Yeah, you're the same you know, I, I all like it's <laughs> funny because you know, like I I I used to be you know a. A dyed in the wool conservative Republican, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, like that, that really is a lot of it was the same with, with the faith. It was all just sort of, you know, you're taught your value system through it. And, you know, it's all the things your parents take you to. And, and in, and in that, that community that, that we lived in, you know, it, it made a nice little sub community and, you know, it was, mm-hmm. everything was yeah, fine. You get in your bubble. I yeah. Mean, right, right, right. No, no. I mean, everything and it feels good. Right. Exactly. You get in your bubble and everything <laughs> feels good. That's exactly right. But what happens is, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for you. I can't speak for Phil, but I, but I, but I've known quite a few of us that have come out of that community, and whether it be, you know, our little church or the Catholic church there, or you know, because believe it or not, I mean, it's so great in a town so small. There were still so many churches, and that just oh, yeah. tells oh, yeah. you how that shit crazy it is. Sorry, I had to use that. I had to use that term because I, no, have, I have no I, other term to me for too, it. To me, that. <laughs> That to me has always been one of those things where I'm just like, for a movement that's all about unity, unity and yeah. love, they so <laughs> divided. Hey, I and so divisive. Yeah, I'm a universal life church uh, ordained minister <laughs> since I was like 17, 18 years old. So, yeah, when yeah. I went, <laughs> I, I went to Bible union. college in Missouri, and I had to witness. I witnessed a church split that happened because they were arguing about. Where to put the kitchen in the basement? Wow! <laughs> or like another one was like carpeting. See, and when you start to see like the like bureaucratic like breaks in it, like like Phil said, it's, you start to insane. hate the 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 foundation underneath it, like the almost the corporation running it, you know? Right. And it, and you just start to realize that it's just all just this kind of. I mean, I don't want to go off in a rant, but you know, just the yeah. the, the whole you know tax thing you know like i sort of feel like if if they're truly doing quote god's work and the charity work i have no problem them not being taxed like really i'm not a militant atheist but mm-hmm. these mega churches where you know that a you know when they're getting 65 million dollar private planes and you know they're right. they're they're mcmansions on the west coast and you know i'm sorry That's where but, you really start to question right i'm sorry but that line. just like, smacks of jim should baker that guy be getting a housing allowance and it smacks of like, jim baker and jimmy swaggart to me you know yeah, and those are yeah. the false prophets that that the bible talks about you're not supposed to listen to you know and i'm sorry if i can if i can remember that stuff as a 15 year year now lapsed christian 
Christian, that means that everybody in the faith should be able to get it. So that's why I don't, you know, I don't go off on big tangents feeling like everybody in the faith doesn't get it because I know a lot of people do. It's just for whatever reason, gullible old people, I think, are suckered into giving them money. And it's kind of sad. And, you know? and gullible old people are the ones that tend to vote more and tend to be more involved right. in, even both in politics and in the right. church. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's going to those board meetings? Who's going to those right. well, and who all that the stuff? Who are the right. who are the like in a lot of churches, I mean I hate to say this, but elders is a literal term. Yeah. Like, no no no, it's it's true. It's true. I mean listen, I'm 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 know. a big Bernie fan. Phil Sanders. and I could probably talk about what's wrong with the church for like <laughs> Hours, no, listen, it's but, interesting. Listen, I mean, yeah, it's your show. It's inter- it's interesting to me though because I I again, I I'm not in the I'm not in the church anymore, but you know, like it, it this is honestly the first time that I think Phil and I have talked and not because we don't like each other, but like talked, you know, yeah, just about uh, certainly anything religious since we were both in the church. So that would be many years yeah. ago, but the, definitely this is the first time just we just talked like this in a while. So it's just to me, you know, fascinating getting, you know, uh, getting in touch with people from the past that were in that in the faith and seeing where they are with it because our generation is the internet generation and that right. sort of blew knowledge and information out the door you know like the new the new even apple parable would be that she logged adam onto the internet you know what i mean <laughs> like right. really i mean if it were written today that's what it would be so it's just it's just really cool hearing you know hearing phil talk about it because it's just it's I, I I love it when when there are people that 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 grew up in it with me that you know either whether they leave the faith or not but that just you know sort of shrug off some of the political dogma to get back to like the tenets of what it was about at least and then it right. gives me hope for humanity you know what just I mean me, I, I see I don't see any connection between politics I don't I mean it's supposed to be a separation of church and state right amen and I don't understand why that why that's become that way like it's ridiculous to me because and it happens so. it happens in every country and it happens in every form of government there has to be a political power that latches on to the regressive um form like the people that that are still practicing religion the way that it was invented for you know like to be right. a power grab and to be a cultural restriction on people you know I, like I just I, I have a feeling like like another reformation of of every major religion is coming thanks to the internet because it's just going to make people go man we don't have to be this way you know like whether whether you believe right. in in whatever version of the afterlife or not who cares like let's let's take advantage of what we have right now you know like no matter what how you look at it in a, in a few billion years the earth will be swallowed up by the sun anyway so why not you know right. <laughs> why not just have some fun trying to get off this rock. You know what I mean? Like let <laughs> let's go see if Star Trek Five isn't just the most terrible Star Trek movie, and also is true that God is just right out there. Just watched that and talked about it on our last episode. <laughs> see, it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thanks for uh, for letting me ramble about that stuff, guys. No, it's fine. Good. Well, so I just want to ask, like, how how did you deal with like like what is that? What was the? I mean, you kind of talked about it, but like. The Snopes thing, and then I'm sure, like, you're just getting bombed with, like, comments and emails and assorted requests and stuff. Like, how do you, how did, what was that like for you? Uh, you want, you want to know what's really, how does your family feel about all this? Uh, like, I don't know. Yeah, well, definitely my parents, who are still hardcore, died in the world, uh, conservative Republicans, don't really read my stuff. My dad sent my, I got an email from my dad, like, when it all began, and, like, my, my blog started, like, just picking up a few followers where he's like, saw your blog, dot, dot, dot. Is this for real, question mark? 
<laughs> and that's when I had to. It, it was almost like you know my own version of coming out. You know, I had to come out. Yeah, I had to come yeah. out as a liberal. <laughs> I still haven't like officially come out as an atheist. I still just kind of do the pat on the head kind of thing with them, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. change the subject. Just because I, I know it's they're too, already playing for I mean, my I'm, soul I'm, already, and I just don't want to yeah. hurt their feelings. Yeah, know. and that's just that's that's a that's a giant hole that. Everybody, nobody comes out of that well look like a winner when you get into we conversations. A, we we do a web comic, and anytime like a parent is mentioned, my oh. parents and Brennan's parents just instantly assume, assume it's about them. It's about them. Yeah. It's about them. Like this is a fictional character <laughs> exactly. I created, so I can't even imagine <laughs> like doing things. what you're doing. And then what? Well, the then like even with the podcast, sometimes my mom, like she, I don't know if she listens all that much. She probably, but at some point in. she yeah. does. On uh, my other podcast, I luckily I lucked out because we curse. Yeah. So she immediately turned it off and was like, <laughs> and it was like lang. I think I think we got one comment. It just said language exclamation point. That's funny. And That's funny. Um, and then but then she also has to deal with my brother who is a stand up comedian. Yeah. And has said horrifying things yeah. about her, yeah. my dead father, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. all kinds of things, and she. I think she's finally kind of coming to terms with that, yeah. but like you don't know how many times I've gotten phone calls from my mom. Oh, she's bawling. Oh no, I, I'm, I've had, I'm so not surprised by that. I'm I mean, sure you've been. You, you mean uh, you, 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 you said you were in comedy, so I know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but, I did. I was. I, I. I. I have started and and had two mildly successful sketch comedy troops in my life, mm-hmm. um, and. And the most po- the most successful one we had, we actually um, we're pretty sure we were like some kind of money laundering uh, front for uh, <laughs> the like some South Korean mafia. No, not not kidding, because like the, because how it happened is we were doing this this run on in like a in in this uh, tiny little like fifty seat theater in um, oh god um, somewhere in the valley I forget. <clears throat> somewhere okay. on, somewhere somewhere over in the Sherman area, I forget. It's been a long time mm-hmm. since I lived in LA. <laughs> but uh but anyway, so we were in this tiny little theater and then uh, this like this like one night we get approached by this like, you know, uh this South Korean girl and she says, Hey, I really like your stuff. Can we have a meeting later? Let's talk. We're like, Yeah, great, whatever. So she offers us uh, like five grand or whatever to go and like rent out a real venue in Hollywood um, and do a month long show. Um, and we're like, okay, and how much money do you want back from the receipt? She's like, no, don't worry about it. Just put on the show. I want to see a really good show. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> okay, great. So you don't want your money back? And and come, I mean, and now looking back on it, I'm like, well, of course there was some, like that money was gotten somehow badly because like nobody invests in a show in Hollywood and says, don't worry about getting me my money <laughs> don't back worry ever. About the money. <laughs> like that's actually the opposite of what they usually say. But we we did we rent there unless you found. The one true patron of right, yours. I know, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, then, then it's really sad because, like, we did this. You know, we we were nervous sketch comedians, so we're like, well, we're not going to do an all new show at this like in Hollywood for a month. So we like reran some of our favorite sketches and stuff, and it bummed her out. She's like, I wanted a brand new show. We're like, oh, okay, we're sorry. So she had no problem with the, <laughs> not having the money, but she wanted to see all new stuff. But we never, you know, like there was never a talk about it ever again. You know, so. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so like we we rented the venue, we did all that stuff, and uh, and and like um, you know nobody came because nobody comes to live uh, comedy unless you're like, <laughs> but but again, it was like pre social media. It was before we could have done any big promotion. It was like 
we were stuck in that in between phase, you know. So it's like, Flyers. yeah, it was still fun because, yeah. like, because, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like with the Hollywood area, but you know how you're going up oh, yeah. to the to the Hollywood Bowl and there's that church that has the big AIDS ribbon on it. Yes, yep. there is a theater in that church, and we that's where we did our show. So imagine, I mean, and it was a hard R-rated show. Like I, you know, I, my friends and I, we wrote comedy that was for, for adults and by adults that were probably just yeah. like teenagers in in adult bodies. You know, just in scatological. I mean, you know, not scatological for scatological sake, but nothing was off the the table. So it was just so great that we're like in this like this church, but they didn't care because like the the what was in there before was like a running of like uh, a live performance of like Marx's Communist Manifesto. You know, like and like and like and when we heard that like half the show there's like a naked woman on stage for no reason, just for shock value. So we're like, okay, so they're cool with content, obviously. But like, but my parents never came to any of that stuff. Absolutely not. Um, like I, I they asked like, do they want me to come? And I was like, and my my thing was yes, but I don't want to hear any lectures about content. And they're like, okay, yeah. then never mind, we won't come. So it's like you know, they're yeah, I had to have that whole conversation with my mom. I'm like, this he's gonna do this, and this is what he does. And- yeah. It has no bearing on because she's like, I failed as a mother. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, like, no. you've you you've you've done well as a mom because your son is getting up in front of strangers <laughs> and right. doing this, and he's doing a pretty good job at it. And, hey, listen, there it know, is it is true that in every joke there there is truth because to me there or I should say it the axiom should be changed to in every funny joke there's some truth. Because in order yeah. for a joke to be funny, somebody else has to find it true. You know, it has to resonate exactly. with somebody, even if it's oddball, absurd stuff. You know, Steve Martin's greatest stuff when in his stand-up stuff wasn't you know this erudite, lucid dissertation on the the issues of the day, but it rang true because he was lampooning what what entertainment had become to that point. You know. So like there there always has to be truth in it somewhere. So, you know, I can get where she would be horrified of it, but you know, like I like I my youngest we kind of feel has the curse, you know, the comic curse. <laughs> <laughs> because he's just such a clown, you know, he when when things are tense in the house, he reverts to making everybody laugh to make them happy and he'll do anything to get a laugh and if and and that means truly anything. You know, and 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 Carolyn and Carolyn and I, my wife and I, were talking. We're like, you know, he's he's in for it, but you know, it's going to be so fun to see if he actually pursues it because, you know, I'm trying to like not have him be that stereotype of like the the rough relationship with the dad. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So it'll be interesting to see what what his uh, what his relate what his comedy comes out to be. But you know, <laughs> you just you've just gotta you know uh, you've just gotta let them have their lives let them be who they're going to be yeah. and support it you know so right on but anyway uh, yeah so snopes happened and, and everybody was you know I, I didn't actually get you know there were a lot of page views and there were definitely a lot of comments and definitely you know a lot of stuff like that but nothing nothing crazy like nobody from snopes actually contacted me <laughs> or anything you know <laughs> their research entailed looking at your website and going oh <laughs> yeah exactly like okay he's making he's making this up <laughs> it's funny yeah. right exactly exactly but um yeah, I mean, I was hoping that maybe they'd be the Daily Show be like, "Look, Trevor's got the job, but you do you want to write for us?" Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know? that, that's honestly how I, like how I looked at my site for the longest time. I was like, "This is just my online resume," so that when they see me, they, <laughs> right. you know. But whatever, you know, it's it was well, especially fun. today in comedy, like you, everybody that I know of that has succeeded, like artistically or gone on to do anything like commercially, you have to have something. You can't just have like a real 
or this. Like you have to be doing stuff. Yeah. So yeah, no. I, even I if you, even my, if it yeah. never happens, like you gotta keep you gotta you gotta have something. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this. You're talking about the nine to five monotony. It's also you need it to keep you sane. Oh, hundred percent. Because hundred percent. You you spend. I mean, I'm I'm currently in between jobs right now, mm-hmm. but but like you have to because it has you have to have something to show to justify yeah, but, yeah. this and also cuz you like you work this crap you just, not the crap job but like just this job that you get no fulfillment from or just the like, full, well the fulfillment that you get is that you know it's not the same uh, well no it's it's a monet yeah right exactly it's it's at least if you if you if you exist on a plane where creativity has to come out of you in some way yes you know it's it's a it's a nightmare to not have some kind of outlet and that's what i love about about the internet you know like people can poo poo blogs all they want or or youtube or or whatever but um you know one of my favorite shows right now is broad city they were youtubers um i mean Mm -hmm. the the next yeah oh uh, i am yeah so great it's so funny i have (laughs) i've gone from the just the most you know right-wing conservative person that i'm i'm a flaming you know feminist now you know and it's it's so great to be alive in this time and see and seeing like the young you know female comedians that are coming up and like amy schumer and and uh you know broad she City is and, tearing it up right oh now gosh. yeah yeah and she's just like school yeah. i love that she's at this point where she could just say whatever she wants yeah. no it's so good nobody, it's so good like, and, and society and, and culture needs that you know we, we need, need that we need that we, so we much women we need to come around and be like guys we need women to yeah. just be like Here's how it is. There's absolutely no Listen. reason why Congress yeah. should not be at least 50% represented by female. And I'm not in favor of, like, laws and mandates. I'm just saying, like, yeah. people need to stop being stupid about it and assuming that women <laughs> just want to have the one facet of their life being making babies. Some women do. Yeah. And that's great. And who cares if they do? Like, go for it. You know what I mean? But other other women want to want to grab more. And that's great because we need that voice. You know? Like, men have been doing things primarily for a long time and um you know slavery jim crow <laughs> you know uh going even further back Good job, guys you know it's just I, you know anyway to, to end it on such a positive and upbeat happy note of slavery and jim crow yeah but no i mean really like it's just it i love that the internet has opened up you know i would probably be doing a zine i don't know like i i'll very honestly of course i want to get to that next level of course i want to be only paying my bills with it you know but for now i was happy right. that the, the last few articles that have gone big have have given you know my writing partner and I you know enough money to where we can basically put it back into Facebook ads and stuff and get some more traffic get some more interest to our our pages and you know I sort of I sort of I sort of just you know I fought it I fought against Zuckerberg for so long and then I finally <laughs> said you know what if I'm gonna ever ask anybody to invest money in my art ever like whether it be just like clicking on an ad or you know giving me money for a kickstarter i have to be willing to kick in a little bit myself and luckily i was i was at a point where i had like literally found another full-time job that i could work when i wasn't working my other full-time job so i had like just a little bit enough to just sort of test the waters and see if it if it was helpful and it was so now i've sliced off a tiny little bit of what i make from the pittance from the website and i'm able to reinvest it and you know to facebook's credit it certainly isn't like this boom in in views like they like they say it could be, but 
I can see where it would work. Where if like it, you know, it definitely yeah. when I when I promoted that my share of that piece, it definitely got even more views because it was already popular within Facebook's little you know algorithm. You know, so right. you know, it's just. I don't know. It's it's cool to be alive in this time and know that even at 35, I've still I haven't like lost my ability to break through to that next level if I want. But even if I don't, I've just sort of shifted my focus onto like where I find satisfaction in in the art. You know. Awesome. You you mentioned uh, Kickstarter, and I just have to throw it out there that we are in the midst of our second Kickstarter for our show here, <laughs> um, and something that you might appreciate the the humor behind, but. Uh, we are our main focus of the project is we're going to be the first podcast to release a podcast on a seven inch. Yeah, I was lo- I was looking at, at that. I was, I was looking at that. I, did I see? Did you guys you guys went over your? Uh... Yeah, we yeah. made the goal. Yeah. We still have four we days just... left, and we're. Yeah, that's I awesome. want I want a sleeve. I want a sleeve. Yeah, but we'll yeah. get there. We're, we're I close. want those cardboard. We're, we're hitting our stretch. Goals that's great. And... That's great. So is it just cool. is, is that going to be for like a you're going to do like a limited run release of it basically? Yeah, yeah. just a short short and run, like a specially and recorded run. episode or whatever. A twelve minute episode. Yeah, well, six yeah, minutes yeah, on the side. Six about. on the side. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's so cool. So we're gonna have to plan that out very. Well, I have quickly. I have our idea. Well, Phil what we're has. Do here. I think Phil has a. Has but, a loose uh, idea of we're gonna have to like. By the time our listeners hear, it's this, not gonna be scripted, uh, but it's gonna be as close to scripted, themed. A Radio Brindle yeah. Man ever has been. <laughs> and by the time our listeners hear this, it'll have already been funded. Because yeah. or maybe you should later, just but. do like the last two minutes on the record being a totally unscripted, <laughs> you know, just cluster f, just and just see what happens. <laughs> well, the idea I had, and since it'll be done by this mm-hmm. point, I think that it's two sides, right? Obviously, yeah. so I think. We should each pick like our favorite or a classic story about each other, and I'll tell a story on one side and you tell them the other. Obviously, dialogue about it, but you know something that'll be at least like it, somewhat memorable that someone might want to listen to it more than once. (laughs) Obviously, not going to talk about the current TV shows we're watching or something. Yeah, we're like, this is what happened today. (laughs) What your your current Daredevil's great. Your current iPhone features and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) right. right. What your current uh, your current iTunes uh, update patches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something a little more timeless. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. I've I've kicked so, around a few like ideas it. for Kickstarters. Nothing's really kicked my brain where I'm like I would want to ask people to give me money for it yet. You know, yeah. but I love it. I love the new. You know, our people of our generation and a little bit younger, man. It's just like saying we're going to work outside the boundaries of the inter- oh yeah, it's the like, entertainment I'm going to make industry. this thing, yeah. and I'm going to see if anybody else wants it. Right. And if they do, cool. Right. And then we can do it. Right. I don't need to get some. I don't need to get an agent. I don't need no. to get some don't big. Take out a loan to make right. stuff. Yeah. No, and, and what you to... find, and what you find is like you know, it, it's it's a lot less expensive than you would think if you just target yeah. it. Yeah. If you target it to the people that want to see it, you know, hit the. Well, if you know your niche and you hit right. that, yeah. like we know that we have about twenty five people that will give us money. There you go. And <laughs> how much money? And that's what we're going to aim for. We're not going to ask our twenty five people for ten thousand dollars because we're not going to get ten thousand right, dollars. Exactly. Like I feel like that's the problem with most of the Kickstarter that fail. Right. They could succeed they if they the just moon. knew their audience yeah, a little the bit better. They definitely do. Yeah. And and then also there are still people out there, and this is what I this is Phil and I's constant number one thing that we tell people. Like we do panels and stuff about this, mm-hmm. where there are no this idea that there are people that are just randomly giving to Kickstarters. Right. 
even if they don't right. know you or your thing, right. those that does not exist. Right, and right. if it that doesn't, doesn't exist, exist on such an infinitesimally small I mean, just today, I just level. love, like, yeah. today you had Juve Bowl going off. Right. Oh, my God. About his Phil Kickstarter. I'm like, that's because he was kicks. He was there. He had imaginary people in his head <laughs> that were going to yeah, venture, donate venture to this capitalists movie. don't go there. It's, it's people that yeah. are passionate about wanting to help you complete your project. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and if you get lucky and, and and you have an idea for something that then goes viral, unless you have whatever, something really but, cool, right? Or you have yeah, like a like, compa- you have a uh, you have a story that like tugs at people's heartstrings and stuff, and then those people deserve right, yeah. the money. So it's like whatever, you know, like everybody. Yeah. Or you want to make potato salad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, but that potato salad guy. I mean, come on, that was a fluke. I know yeah. that was kind of genius. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that'll never happen again. No, can't. like that's that's it. Guys, I'm it's, getting tired. I don't know. I have um, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, flag. So, so really fast. It's okay, real quick. I just want to do one quick. Um, I want at least one. We need some filled dirt here. Filled so, dirt? Something. Oh, man. Well, so, a story or something you remember. Well, because we had Lisa. I don't know. You know Lisa Graff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's current. She's now a best selling children's yeah. author. Yeah. That's has so written awesome. two books so in awesome. a fictional her big brother, Her brother, yeah. Ryan, has actually written a few pieces on my site. Um, oh go. really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love like, anybody. We got Lisa to tell some humorous. Yeah, Rick Phil Johnson stories. actually wrote for my site a couple times. Oh sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil, you can write. Anybody can write for my site, man. Well, like, yeah, I, Brendan has met Rick because R.J. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys yeah, interviewed him. Some of his, his stuff. I've read a couple of his. books. Yeah, there you oh. go. See, and it's so it's Good so books. cool that out of that tiny little you know. Bird. I love that out of this small Big Bear class, <laughs> there's been all these super right. creative people. Well, we awesome. had, you know, we were lucky that we had some really awesome like teachers and and mentors mm-hmm. and parents in the community, you know, that really showed us, you know, because none of us were obviously the jocks in the town because that's where a lot of right. the money and the funding would go in the schools, and and it mm-hmm. happens in every small town, you know, because football is the way out of town, you know. But right, we at right. least had enough artists in the community that were like, hey, these kids. You know they 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 have something to offer too, so they fostered that. You know, but uh, awesome. Phil Dirt. Oh my God! See, I don't know. I mean, like well, you so guys much were of, in a band together. Well, yeah. Okay, I want to. Phil actually wants to have. I have a, these like weird like partial memories because I'm getting old and I can't remember stuff anymore, <laughs> which is horrible. It's your dad brain. But remind me about like what do you remember of the Bare Feet Orchestra debacle? Oh. Does that ring a bell to you at all? No. Larry Miller and uh, getting together about 40 people over at Nathan Tabor's house. Well, for okay, see, practice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remembered that. Okay. Well, uh, listen, one of those nights, I don't even know if you were there, but one of those nights was the night that I, I, I was met first full frontal with the force of a, uh, of a fascistic police force. I got actually not, not arrested, but just detained outside of Nathan's house. But uh, okay. for, for, <laughs> for possessing cigarettes, uh, God forbid. Because eh, I was fourteen, uh, but th- I see. I don't remember it being like we were all going to be in the band. I remember it as being like just a massive. We called it the twenty-four hour jam, and I think it right, might have just right. been an excuse for all of us to like you know hang out with chicks and be like, hey, look, we play music. <laughs> yeah, Phil yeah. did mention that. Yeah. Like, there may have been a lot of girls there. Oh yeah, no, there. there may I, no, been... I will definitely confirm there were a lot of girls there. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, nothing untoward was happening because listen, we were no, all no. Nerds. no, but it was kind of that we were like all... I got my guitar, I'm yeah. gonna no, yeah. show off, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, no, we all showed off. I mean, I, I, I at that point, I had just been do- noodling in music for a couple of years, so I was nowhere 
near you know the prodigious you know levels that everybody else was at but i i i just remember i i mean i remember staying up all night and walking down to uh was it vanessa's house i don't know can we use names Uh, i don't know (laughs) i think i think we'll use last names i remember walking down to vanessa's house and i think we were gonna toilet paper it or something we did something i don't know there's everything that you do in a small town that's like Uh minorly vandalous but not really oh we did tip over were you there when we tipped over the the porta potty in the middle of nathan's street I was not. No. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So that's not real. That was def. Okay. So I'm glad to know that that was not just me and my friends that tipped over porta potties. <laughs> no. That was definitely a thing. Uh, no, we okay. Well, on that note, kids. then, because the meanest thing I ever did was, I mean, I would go out toilet papering occasionally, and I don't know if you remember this, but Nathan and I and a couple others may or may not have hit your house at one point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember you were quite upset about it, and nobody fessed up to it for a while until I think the wet the the, the storm blew over. Is that correct? Oh yeah, no, I was pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> I mean, really, the fun. <laughs> well, I mean, from what I can remember, because really, that was I hate to say how long ago that was, because I'm sad how fuzzy the memory is. But that could be that could be drugs and alcohol. I don't know. But I mean, that night, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I remember yeah yeah I I remember that and but I but somehow I remember winding up. Were you there for this night where we wound up up uh like above Pine Knot near my house, but like in a giant huge dirt lot, and we were all just kind of hanging out. And I my revenge was and I and I this is a terrible story, but I love telling it. My revenge was <laughs> I literally pissed on Nathan's leg. Like I, I, I made I made him like stare off into the distance. I was like, No, we're gonna get this house, we're gonna TP this house and I literally micturated on on his leg. And he got See, s- I remember that story, but I can't remember if, if I there. was actually you there can't or confirm if I just or know deny. The story. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's been that long. So. Or maybe I did that because he made me think I oh I remember he made me think that I drank his piss out of a Snapple bottle. That's what that was about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Again, we grew up in a small town, yeah. a mountain town, yeah. keep in mind. Yeah. So. No, I, I've been and, in situations. And, and we're all still friends. Man, I mean, that's the funny part. In high, yeah. School, yeah. in high school, I mean, I have tons of stories like from high school because my friends and I, we were the kids. We didn't go to parties half because we were total nerds <laughs> who didn't get invited to parties, but also we were like youth group kids. Yeah. So, but, but that left us with lots of hours of doing and getting into the, yeah. the trouble that teenage boys yeah, yeah. get into. Rolling houses, oh, yeah. peeing on things, well, you know, and like, blowing I, up I things. Fit, and, I think Phil and Larry and Nathan, like all of us sort of fit in that. Well, Nathan, Nathan, you know, was uh, was never in the church or whatever, but... Um, but you know, I think we all sort of fit in that, in that, like that vibe of like, you know, irreverent and sort of, you know, cheeky sort of like wanting to break the rules without necessarily going to juvenile hall necessarily, you know, but, but definitely willing to do dumb and stupid stuff to entertain each other, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, so I'm thankful for that. I, I do remember, I remember hiking in sixth grade. So you would have been in seventh grade, Phil and Vista. Do you remember the camping mm-hmm. trip where we hiked up the top of the mountain? Your dad was proud of me because I didn't wimp out. I remember that. Yeah, I was yeah. a lazy kid, man. Well, I'm a lazy adult, so that's okay. But I'm proud of it. That was a nice. That was a, that was a climb up to like that was up to like ten thousand feet, wasn't it, or something crazy? Yeah, it was up Sherlock. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember well, I that. Couldn't, I couldn't make it up that. Jeez. I mean, I could, I, I'm sure Phil, you know, farted a few times in the room like we all did, right? You know? I oh, mean, yeah. Right? I mean, I just, I have nothing, I have nothing like, you know, just good, well, goofy this teenager is good, memories. This is good. It's good. If nothing else, I just like the fact some memories. Like, yeah. At one point, you guys were like all assembled as musicians and... In some alternate universe, you guys became like the next Arcade Fire, <laughs> yeah. or like Polyphonic Spree, right. or something. Well, because I or like this crazy jam band. Well, because I remember the way that what led up to that was I had been in a band with Matt and Derek. I don't know if you remember them. Oh yeah, yeah, Matt. I don't know if I. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So we were in a band, and it was called Bare Feet. Yes. And then they kind of broke off and did their own thing, and I still wanted to have a band. And then Larry and I started talking, and I think Larry was kind of the impetus behind it. He he started. Just inviting everyone he knew that like might be interested in music, including a lot of girls, and that's how we all wound up. I think there was like three bass players there or something. Oh like, yeah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I played bass, and I was. So yeah. How did you decide, or did you? Just I don't know because Larry like... played bass too, and I don't know. He had this whole like master plan. I still have the notebooks he gave me of all the like cover songs we were gonna do and all this stuff. <laughs> I think it, like you said, it lasted like one night. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, that it was, was just, about it. It was just. I thought it was like. Those turned into the twenty-four hour jams, though. I remember that. Like we did a couple. Oh of yeah, those. and it was I mean, because Nate. I mean, Nathan had like the great, the greatest house for it because he had the giant jam room with like that nice like yep. piano that was in there and the drum set and the uh, all the amps were set up. But then outside was like the huge backyard. So when it got like too hot and sweaty and stinky, everybody would just kind of go out and like hang out in the cold big bear air for a while, and you yeah. know it just. You could spread out, and it was just—it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. It was—it was a lot of fun, definitely. Yeah, I spent a lot of hours over there. <laughs> yeah, me too. Until I got forbidden, but that's okay. <laughs> don't don't smoke, kids. That's that's the lesson. True. That's the lesson I learned. Right. Good, it's good. The problem it was like you know ten years after I got in trouble for it, but you know I learned it. Yeah. 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 Now, okay, last one. Were you part of the creative writing club? Because I seem to think you did go occasionally. But I went to not. like a meeting or two. The uh, Pencil Breath Society. Right? Pencil Breath Society. See? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. It's just because it's PBS. Yeah, PBS. Yeah. No, that was, exactly Mike, that was Mike Harrison's group, right? That he did. Yeah. 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 Um, no. And Lisa was in it. Ryan was Lisa in it. Lisa was in it. Ryan was, was in, in it. it. Rick was in it. Nathan was in it. You yep. know, yeah, you know, I was, uh, dude, you know, I was the kid that was in all the, all the honors classes until I dropped out because my grade suffered because school became a social tool for me, you know, for, for all, for a whole host of reasons that you guys aren't my therapist and I'm getting tired and I don't want to, you know, get into it for, you know, but, but, right. you know, I, I was not, I, I attended as far as I know, one meeting of it. Um, I loved it. I mean, you know, I was always a creative writer. I just, I think I was so always just wanting to be off, just, I don't know, just out of school, you know, just getting off the grounds that I had to go and do all those creative things like outside it, you know, like, I don't know why, I don't know why I saw it as such a, you know, monumental, you know, another brick in the wall kind of moment, right? But, you know. I don't know because there were certainly plenty of teachers that didn't make it feel like that, you know, and certainly right. plenty of teachers. Well, Mr. Harrison definitely being oh, great. Mike was the bomb man, and he was like a great, uh, like a great uh, musician. He like the the rumor was, I'm pretty sure it's true that he knew Cheech and Chong. He hung out with them, or at least hang out oh, with, yeah. with with Cheech, I believe. Um, and he was my guitar teacher. I'll have you know. Yeah. Oh, he was awesome. He was awesome. I remember when we did Godspell in uh, in mm-hmm. in in high school for that one of the years in the musical. He was the the guitar player in the pit. Oh. 
that was such a great band when you had Reno in there and you had Andy Russell in there. It's so fun. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm Facebook friends with my old high school teachers, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I have them, yeah. I have more in common with some of them than I do with some people in my <laughs> my generation because that's how cool they were. They were cool. Teachers. They were cool people, man. They were cool. We people had a in their cool. 30s. There was a lot of really good teachers in Big Red. There were. There were. Well, it seems like a cool like for a teacher that would probably be a cool little. You go to this mountain town and yeah. you're in the you're in the like the nature and like if you're like a cool that's a pretty cool gig. Yeah, you get like, the summers off. Yeah. yeah, and Mike was definitely the, the to me the best English teacher there. You know, uh, but I never had rice. I never had rice, and I heard that he was pretty you know pretty great. I didn't either. I actually never had Harrison for English a regular class just for guitar. And who'd you, who'd you have stuff, in, but... in your AP English class or your honors English classes? Um, I had Rakuti. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who became? She got married and became uh, Stalkup. Oh, did she? Ma- then, did she uh, marry Stalkup? a Stalkup? Did she Good really? Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, and then Mrs. Parks. Mrs. Parks. Yeah. So she was the task mistress. Mistress. Oh man! But I'll tell you what, though. After having her and writing, you know, hundreds of pages every week for her, yeah. when I got to college, and I'm like. Oh, a 10-page paper? That's it. All right. <laughs> yeah, I had those teachers, got. too, the ones that, because you, you, people now are like, oh, kids, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Some of my high school teachers, like, I had those teachers that made us write AP essays every morning and, like, yeah. all that crazy yeah. stuff. And oh, yeah. so, like, great. some of them do prepare you yeah. over, and, like, that's good. It's so different now, though. It's so different now. My, my nephew just got yeah. into Stanford, and he was just telling me, like, the AP credits hardly even transfer anymore and just the... Yeah. The level of work. I mean, and he definitely like the high school he went to was was definitely geared more towards you know these the the, the students that and oh yeah, I can't imagine it, what it's like in my high school now yeah. because it was crazy competitive when I was there, yeah. and I know everything's just been ramped to like ridiculous. Like, I mean, levels. Yeah. well, like my friends that are teachers or like my friend that is a my friend is still a youth pastor, and he's like I. I can't do stuff in the middle of the week at all because nobody will come because yeah. people, they're just, they're too busy. They're too damn busy. Yeah. Like they're too busy. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, everything, everything changes, man. The internet. Yeah. I, you know, who would have thought that when I was, you know, logging into like, you know, prodigy even way back in the day and comp, comp, uh, <laughs> I know. what was it? Oh, I can't even remember comp. Well, CompuServe, AOL. Yeah, CompuServe. Yeah. We, we were a CompuServe Juno. family for a while. AOL was huge, but who would have, like, I was that nerdy kid in high school, like, logging into AOL and in chat rooms and stuff and just thinking. And here we are broadcasting a comedy show over the internet. Isn't that great? It's pretty awesome. It's amazing. It's It's pretty awesome. I love it. It makes me, it's just, it vindicates me for all the crap that I put up with for, like, people being like, well, including this guy, like, oh, what are you doing I was nice about it. I just you didn't were understand nice. it. I yeah. had no idea. But, what you were but then for about. the people that were like, I mean, like, because I was that kid in elementary school. Like, we had. I remember we had one computer that had a modem, and I would like go on like BBSs and stuff. <laughs> and I would get. I remember getting punched <laughs> for that you and like all this stuff and just being like, yeah, the geeks won. Yeah, they won. <laughs> they always do. Technology always wins because that's what innovates. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep, that's right. Uh, all right, guys. I well, must... we need to get James to bed here. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you so much. Oh, no, anytime, man. Anytime. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll definitely do this again because I know we can. Between the two of us, we can come up with some more good memories. Oh, I'm so. sure. Well, I'm sure people I'm are sure. wondering. So, what is your URL? Your Twitter? All that Give stuff. Oh, no. uh, let's you. see. So, uh, 
that's politicalgarbageshoot.com and from there you can you can get to our Facebook page. Facebook All you can just stuff. find us by looking up uh, the political garbage shoot obviously. Um, but that's that's where you know that's the best thing to find that at. Um, and maybe we can get together in another couple months because uh, I just literally got back from a pre-production meeting on like another new project that I'm doing that should be pretty interesting and fun. So nice, yeah. awesome, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime, you're always welcome. Yeah, for sure. Cool. You are officially a friend of the show. Uh, in. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> right. Hey, so well, thank yeah. you, James, thank you. and um, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Anything else? No, I just realized that's probably post-production talk, so we can talk about that when you're done. Okay. Oh, good, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> be sure to um, thank you in advance. I guess the Kickstarter. Well, the we'll Kickstarter. talk about it. Well, Friday, by the time we record yeah, we'll on Friday. We'll have another show before. We'll have that, another so. show before, but thanks Kickstarter, again. thanks again. Phil, um, I hope you're having a good vacation. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time um, in Montana. Fill us in. Are you going to be filling us in from Facebook when I'm you can? I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Unless you're off If they the have grid. internet up there, I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> Craig from the Res. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll hook he up. knows how to hook you up there. That'd be good. But everybody, be sure to go to radiobrendo.com for all the latest stuff. Um, Facebook. Facebook. Et cetera. All that junk. And listen to all the Benview Network shows, benviewnetwork.com. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's, that's good. Good. good for a special episode. Good for a special <laughs> yeah. edition. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And we'll check you back. Check you back. Check you back. What, what back. does that mean? And you're getting tired too. Um, I, uh, we'll I've, check you back. Well, it's been it's been like a hundred degrees today, <laughs> so it's like extra effort just to do anything. That's good. You got. I it, went though. shopping. You went shopping. Yeah, that was my highlight of my unemployment day. <laughs> is going to the store and seeing all those old Ukaipens. Ukaipens. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, James, and for Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and I'm Phil Vecchio. Have a good one, everybody. you
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. I'm Jordan, and this is Nerd's Eye View. Who do I have with me? I'm Andrew. I'm Tom. And what do we do here, Andrew? Well, we talk about movies. Every week we always talk about something that's new in theaters, as well as tell you what's going on with the box office top ten and what's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. And then we do a crazy thing called Guess the Ending, which Andrew has a wonderful catchphrase for, but it mainly involves us coming up with crazy stories for all the new movies that are coming out. So if any of that sounds good to you, find us online, nevpodcast.com, or on Twitter, at nevpodcast, or benviewnetwork.com. What was I supposed to say? Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Uh, and if you like community and you'd like to hear us talk about it every week, you can go to BenviewNetwork.com slash ShutUpLeonard. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider. Shut up, Leonard. Pop, pop.